Hey, I've been talking about psalms to live by, psalms to live by, and uh, the, the verses and the psalm that I want to look at today have been verses that have literally, no exaggeration, been a lifeline for me in this past year. Uh, in February of 2022, uh, Suzette went in to have some some. Uh, work done to figure out why she might be having so much uh, heartburn uh, stuff going on. And in the investigation of that, uh, they we ended up a, with a surprise cancer diagnosis in February of last year. And we had no, uh, it just came from left field. Uh, it just, we had no idea any light thing like that was happening. And so, as you do, as we would do, uh, we both went to work to seek out what's the best method for healing and for recovery uh, for us and for her. And uh, we also both went to work really hard searching out Scripture uh, that would lead us into healing and Scripture that would speak to healing. So... Uh, in that journey, we, we followed the doctor's protocols as much as we uh, felt peace to do that. How many of you know uh, doctors are practicing medicine? So uh, they're, they're not flawless, and, and God bless them uh, that they are available. Uh, but the truth is, you and I have to make our own decisions about what works for us and what we feel peace from God about doing. And here's the, here's the place where we, we knew we had to start from. God is the ultimate source of healing. And, uh, and I just, I think, it's a, I think it's a principle that we have to get a hold of for all of life, that God is our source but he provides many different channels because sometimes a channel that worked in one season doesn't work in another season, right? And so you may lose a job or something may go on with your work, but can I tell you, God is still your provider, and the job is a channel uh, to get something to you, but I just, I just think it's important that we're always looking. I remember, I remember when uh, Pastor Witt, when I first, when he first came on our team, I remember telling him, I said, I said, Pastor, I said, Whitman, I said, I, we want to bless you. We want you to be taken care of, but I'm never going to be your source. I'm not going to be your source for a salary. Uh, I'm not going to be your source for happiness. I'm not going to be your source for joy, for peace, for anything. God's always going to be your source. And so whether you are seeking out healing or provision or direction, it is so important that we remember who is the source of all the good that we are seeking out. And so uh, the verses that I want to talk about today literally form the language for most of my prayer life in 2022. And I'm always encouraging you when we get together for our uh, first Wednesday prayer or pre-service prayer or anytime we have a corporate prayer time, always trying to, to, to model the idea of taking Scripture and learning how to pray Scripture, right? 
So whatever need you might be facing, whether it's an, you have a need for healing or whether you have a need for provision or whether you have fear uh, at work inside of you, maybe you're depressed, maybe you're looking for direction, maybe you're looking for housing, I don't know, whatever you're looking for, uh, I just want you to understand there is an answer from God in God's word for you. And his word is not just uh, a bunch of commands to obey to somehow earn his approval. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active. It's full of life, full of the life of God's zoe life and active. It's a dunamis. So there's going to be verses or a verse that the Holy Spirit will make come alive to you, and that's your sword. I mean, that's what you fight your battle with. That's what, that's what you, whenever you have a thought that comes into your head that is, you know, of defeat or a thought of, that's negative in any way, you got you to speak out with that sword. When you get, when you get your 3 a.m. crazy thoughts, anybody ever get any 3 a.m. crazy thoughts? Come on, if you, if you don't get 3 a.m. crazy thoughts, you're crazy. Um, you might say, I, I have 3 p.m. crazy thoughts. But, but that's how you fight the good fight for faith. So I want to share a few thoughts out of Psalm 103 today. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. I said heals all your diseases. Happy to report that all of Suzette's scans and tests right now are fantastic and... God's hand and touches on her life. We're still fighting the good fight of faith uh, on this, but uh, it says, who redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's a great passage. It's a great, it's a great prayer to pray. I love that first verse. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. You know, sometimes you just gotta talk to yourself. Come on, sometimes it's the only good conversation you're gonna find. You just gotta talk to yourself. But I can tell you this, it may not be the best conversation you can find, but it's the most important conversation that you can find. And there has to be, we have to get a hold of this idea that every once in a while we have to talk to our soul. Our soul is our mind, the, the thoughts we're having, our emotions, what we're feeling about things, uh, our, our will, choices that we make. I mean, you know, sometimes 
your will wants the cookie so bad. And what we got to do is we're going to just go, soul, stop. Here's where we're going to start. We're going to bless the Lord. That, that's going to be, no matter what is coming out against you, no matter what thoughts you have, no matter what feelings you have, can I just say center, the place to start, the starting line on getting good thoughts, getting good feelings, getting yourself right, as we always start from the goodness of God. We're not, we're not looking at the problem and trying to figure God out. We're going, God, you're a good God. I'm going to bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Can I just tell you that a lot of your thoughts are wrong? They are. Even if, even if you're smart, which everybody in this service is, for sure, but a lot of our thoughts are not right. And we've got to stop and go, wait a minute, God is a good God. I'm going to start with blessing the Lord. I'm going to start with the promise of God. I'm going to start with what's God saying about this. How many of you know a lot of your feelings are not very reliable? You could be feeling all kinds of stuff. A lot, a lot of what our will wants to do often is, is wrong. And we have to, and this is, where, this is where the psalmist starts. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. In other words, I'm not, I'm not just playing about this. I'm not just barely going through the motions with, with this one. I'm going to wrestle this baby to the ground. I am not going to let that thought run my life or that feeling run my life. I, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to get those thoughts. I'm going to get those emotions. I'm going to get those choices to line up with God's word. And then he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget none of his benefits. None of his benefits. That... I never tire of reminding you and reminding me that God is a God who loves to bless. He loves to help. He loves to lift. Don't forget that God is a God who gives many benefits. Don't forget that walking with God has many benefits. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Say a rewarder. A rewarder of those who seek him. You know, I've thought about this often. I know Paul says, woe to me if I didn't have eternity, but I, I sometimes think about this idea that even if heaven wasn't promised to me for eternity, and thank God it is, right? But the peace that has been in my life, the joy, the, the love, the favor, the grace, the blessing that God has given into my life, 
Christianity is a great way to live. It is a blessed way to live. It's, it's a blessed life. And, and so he's saying forget none of the benefits because it's easy to forget his benefits. When life throws pain at you, your pain might be different than my pain, but when life throws pain at you, you got to stop and go, okay, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and don't forget, don't forget his many benefits. I gotta, I'm going to stop and I'm going to start with blessing the Lord. I'm going to stop and I'm going to start with remembering his many benefits. And I promise you, there'll be somebody, if, if, if you forget, there'll be somebody who'll want to talk you out of God's many benefits. But don't let them. Amen. So the title of my message today is, uh, I was going to entitle it Friends with Benefits, but that would not be good at all for church, so I did not do that. But I did entitle this message, Benefits Included. Come on. And let me just take a couple of minutes and walk through some of the benefits that Psalm 103 tells us, number one is the benefit of forgiveness. Psalm 103.3, he pardons all your iniquities. We need our iniquities pardoned because we have so many. No matter how diligent you are, there are pieces of your life where you're more than likely going to mess up. There's, there's, never, there's hardly going to be a day, I don't think there will be a day, where you don't need forgiveness. And the, and the beautiful reality is you value grace when you realize how much you really need it. Right? Grace and forgiveness are not just permissions to keep us doing wrong because it doesn't matter, but it's, it's a good thing to stop and go, my relationship with God is entirely built on his grace. And my relationship with God is entirely built on his forgiveness, Right? It's not like, it's a good thing I read my Bible. I had my prayer time. I paid my tithe. I, I didn't kick the dog. I did kick the cat, and that's okay. Grace covers that. But continuing to remember that all of that is good and helpful, but the reality is I, I bring nothing to the table of my relationship with God but need. I need God. I need his forgiveness. I need his grace. I need his help. All I bring to the table are problems. 
Praise God. He pardons all our iniquities. Anybody glad about that? Second benefit that God provides for us is healing. Psalm 103.3, he heals all your diseases. Uh, I can't tell you how many times those words came out of my mouth as I prayed for my bride and I prayed for our household in this past year. One thing you find in the Bible is that often forgiveness and healing are combined. And the truth is, if you can believe for forgiveness, you can believe for healing. And it, throughout the Word, I, I could literally spend the next bit of time, a good large bit of time, just reading you scriptures about God's promises to heal. When I was uh, first coming into my walk with the Lord, I remember I had grown up uh, as, a, as a young boy with a, an ulcer in my stomach that affected the food I ate, and I could, I mean, I lived on oatmeal and crackers for years in my life, and I remember when I went to a meeting at a little church that I'd been invited to, and there was a, a guy that was there, holdover healing evangelist from the 50s. He was preaching and prayed for the sick, prayed for me, and I just, like, you know, most people, they feel a warmth. My, my stomach had been on fire for years. I felt this cool breeze. So the anointing for cool just kind of came on me in a, in a moment there. And since that time, I literally, I, I have never had any issues at all. And so somebody could say, well, God doesn't heal anymore. Well, you're too late. He already healed me. So, but I don't. I don't want us just, I don't want to just build uh, out of a personal testimony. The Word of God promises this, Jeremiah 30, verse 17, I will restore you to health. I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord. James 5, verse 15, the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven. Very often, as I said, there's a tie between forgiveness and healing. Exodus 15, verse 26, I, the Lord, am your healer. Matthew 8, verse 17, this was to fulfill, talking about Jesus, what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities, carried away our diseases. 1 Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we may die to sin, live to righteousness, for by his wounds or by his stripes you were healed. Every time we do like we did this morning and receive communion, we're remembering all that Jesus took upon himself for our forgiveness, for our healing, for our peace, for our blessing. He took it all upon himself so that we could walk in the blessing that God originally intended for our life. And I have just determined, and I hope you make this same determination, that I'm going to hold on to God's promise no matter what happens. 
No matter what circumstances are going on, no matter what my mind is saying, what my feelings are saying, what other people are saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to God's promise as no matter what. I'm, and I'm gonna believe for healing till the day I die and go to heaven. I mean, I, I, I hate to remind us all of this, but we're all gonna die one day. We're all gonna pass from this life to eternal life, and either we're gonna pass to an eternal life with God in heaven in the presence of God, or we're gonna pass to an eternal life without God. The Bible calls that hell, and I'm reading in Revelation uh, this past week how it's a lake of fire. I do not want to spend an eternity in a lake of fire. Hey, we just spent a few weeks down in Florida. It was bad enough. It was, it was 94 degrees, felt like 106, and I'm thinking, I am so glad I'm saved. And the truth is, for a believer, the day I leave this planet is actually the day for my total eternal healing anyway. But, I, but I'm encouraging you, and I have made this commitment, and my bride has made this commitment. I'm going to live to the fullness of all the days that God has ordained me in strength and in health. It's the promise of his word. Third benefit is redemption. Redemption. Psalm 103, verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit. Anybody ever felt like they've been in the pits? Redemption is at the heart of God. You read through your entire Bible is a story of redemption. Redemption is the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. It's the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. Ephesians tells us that God has redeemed us from death to life. When you're dead, you can't help yourself. There's no self-improvement program for one who's living in death. But he redeemed us from death to life. He redeemed us from darkness to light. And... When I think about a pit, I think about a pit being a place that we find ourselves that we could not get out on our own. Remember when Joseph had the dream about his rulership and his brothers despised him and his brothers threw him in a pit. I think all of us at some point in our life have or will have people where we have suffered wrong at the hands of others. They've tried to throw us in a pit. I'm just here to tell you there's a promise from God that God will redeem your life from any pit that anybody tries to throw you in. You remember one of David's uh, mighty men, Benaiah. He was in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. Oh, I just believe this promise is telling us this, 
There are places we find ourselves in that we may not be able to get out of on our own, but there is a God who redeems your life from the pit. Amen. Number four, I got to move along. That lady who did the offering took way too long, and now, I'm, now I don't have much time. It was so good, though. The fourth, fourth benefit was, is identity. Identity. Psalm 103, verse 4, he crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Just recently, England placed a crown on the former, formerly known as Prince Charles. Come on, I got the mic, I'm telling the joke, I don't care, I like it. But now, he's King Charles. And he, I don't think he earned it. I don't even know if truthfully he's actually qualified for it. But his family tree provided an identity that he's now King Charles. Crowned with loving kindness and compassion. In Jesus, you are crowned. You are given a new identity, not an identity that you earned. It's a gift from God. And it is so important to realize that how you see yourself, who you really think you are, eventually impacts every part of your life. Because if you don't see yourself right, you're going to sabotage relationships. You're going to sabotage family life. It's going to affect the kind of work you do. It's going to affect your finances. It's going to affect your emotional health. It's going to, it's going to affect your spiritual life. Everybody has a self-image. Everybody has a way they see themselves. And we all, we all shape to the way we see ourselves. We all shape our lives to the way we see ourselves. Your sense of identity is powerful. Your sense of identity is important. Who, who are you? Who do you really? It's not what other people say about who you are. Who do you say you are? Everybody. We all, we all choose a persona and then adapt to it. We use that persona to make excuses. We use that persona to rise up. But we, you know, when you're in high school, there's all these different personas. You got stoners. And people, they kind of adapt to that look and that tribe and that kind of language. You got prep, preppy, you got goths, you got jocks, you got geeks or nerds. Or, and people find an identity and they adapt to it. And I'm just saying, you could, you could have an identity of healthy or sickly. Some people literally cling to the identity of sickly because it, they feel like it gets them sympathy, but it works against them. Hello. You could, you could have an identity of flourishing or struggling. Right? You can, have, you can have identity of, I'm the rebel. 
Nobody telling me what to do. Or you could get an identity of, hey, when I play team in life, team wins. We is better than me. And if you have an identity as a rebel, you're always going to be fighting against something. You're going to be agitated, irritated, frustrated all the time inside of yourself. You have an identity as a team player. You go, you know what? I'm going to learn how to get along. I'm going to learn how to cooperate. I'm going to learn how to do this together. I'm not going to get along. And, and all of us have this sense of, of identity, these hats that we wear, right? You could have an identity of being a wife with kids, or you could have identity of being a mom with a husband. Hello? I realized early, I could have an identity of being, I'm a pastor who happens to have a wife, or I'm a husband first who happens to pastor a church. God's word gives us a sense of identity. We are who God says we are. We are crowned with loving kindness and compassion. And I'd say, if there's ever been a day where there's been a battle for identity, today's the day. People are choosing an identity. I identify as, but here's the promise, here's the benefit of God. You're crowned with loving kindness. The Hebrew word, chesed, often, more often is translated favor. I've got a crown of favor on my life. I've got a shield of favor to walk through, things, things go my way. Now, you might go, things don't often go my way. I'm, put on your crown. Put on that crown, the benefit that God gives you, and say, maybe it hasn't worked out yet for me, but things always, eventually, God causes all things to work together for my good. You're crowned with compassion. In other words, God is not frustrated with you, angry with you, disappointed in you. You are crowned with compassion. God cares about your life. Benefit number five, I've only got 10 more to go. No, I've got two more to go. Satisfaction. I can't get no. It's what somebody's saying. Look at this, Psalm 103, verse 5. Who satisfies your years with good things. God is a good God. He wants to satisfy your years with good things. I said God is a good God. And he wants to satisfy your years with good things. I think there are some people who might even question, does God even want you to be satisfied? They'll they'll say things like, well, God will meet your needs but not your wants. Like God is so shrunk down, and let's face it, we can go back to what I was saying earlier. Some of what we want 
is not helpful for us. But I want you to take on this identity and this benefit that God is satisfying my years with good things. Psalm 107, verse 9. I'm going to give you a few scriptures on this. You might want to meditate on these. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Isaiah 58, 11, The Lord will guide you continually, satisfy your desire in scorched places, and make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Jeremiah 31, 25, I will satisfy the weary soul. In every languishing soul, I will replenish. Psalm 91, verse 16, with long life, I will satisfy him, show him my salvation. Anybody love the promise of God? So, amen. Psalm 132, verse 15, I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. You know, I think the beauty of practicing gratitude is when you, we all stop and start to pay attention. And when something's coming against us or coming not going our way, I think the words out of our mouth and the thought out of our head has to be, God, you're going to satisfy my ears with good things. And amen. And practicing gratitude is just taking the time to actually stop and pay attention to the good things that are already happening in your life. And then the last benefit is the benefit of renewal. Renewal. Psalm 103, verse 5, He satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You know, some people could say that's, that's a verse that really helps old people. I'll let you know when I get old if it does. But there's a lot of people that are living tired, living overwhelmed. And think we can all get stuck. We can all lose our fire about the things that, that really matter. You know, used to be we loved worship. Now we're listening. Used to be we loved the Word. Now we haven't cracked our Bible in a while. Used to be we just loved God. We loved prayer. We loved the opportunity to serve. Used to be you really loved your spouse. Used to be always looking for an opportunity to share your faith with people. Even used to love church. And it's, this isn't a, a shaming moment, it's, it's a recognition moment that sometimes we need the spark of renewal. God promises to help us with the spark of renewal. Psalm 51, Verse 10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51, 12 says, restore to me the joy 
of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, those who wait for the Lord shall renew. Somebody say renew. Renew your strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run. They'll not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Hey, this might be a good day to push the renewal button, to push the refresh button in our life. I want to pray with you today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Father, we stop with all that life wants to throw at us. We are not going to forget your benefits. We are going to bless the Lord and forget none of your incredible benefits. I'm praying for every person that's in this room. Maybe there's one or two amongst us that just needs a fresh renewal. Maybe there's someone who's feeling insecure and needs to see themselves with the crown of favor and compassion on them. Lord, we come before you today thank you for your many, many benefits. With, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, God, just take a moment, pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered to Jesus. You never surrendered to his love, to his lordship. I'd love to pray with you. Let's get started on that journey. Maybe you're being honest today. You could say, if I look back, there was a day when I used to be more on fire for God than I am today. And I know it's time for me to return to my Father, to return to my God. Or maybe you just don't really feel confident about all these beautiful promises that God has given. You feel like you don't qualify, and you don't outside of Jesus, but you say, would you pray with me, Pastor? I want to feel confident about where I stand with God. If any of that speaks to you. You've never surrendered to Jesus or you've maybe slipped away or fallen away or you just feel unsure about where you are. You say, Pastor, would you pray with me? And more important than me praying with you, just acknowledging to God, God, I need you in my life. Would you just lift your hand real high? Say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Come on. God bless you all over the room. Come on. You want to give your life to Jesus? You want to come back to Jesus? You want to make sure you're right with Jesus? God bless you. Anybody else that just wants to say yes, just wants to surrender, thank you. Amen. Let's pray together. Let's all say this prayer. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I have sinned but I'm coming to the cross where you've paid the price for forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.